are listening to the National Hispanic Media Coalition's Public Affairs Show, Straight Up, on KHBGLP Radio 101.5 FM, the station that gives the mic back to the people. Your mic, your voice, your community. I am your host, Brenda Castillo-Nogales. Our show, Straight Up, gets straight to the point. No tiptoeing around subjects or no nonsense. Our discussions are anything and everything related to the human experience, including subjects that people are told to stay away from, like religion, sex, politics. The time is now to get rid of the clutter and just talk straight up. Our mission is to give the mic back to the people so that you have a power to share and stay connected, your mic, your voice, your community. And today, I'm giving the mic back to an amazing woman and dear friend, Minerva Perez. Welcome, Minerva. Now, let me tell my audience why I think you, Minerva, is such an amazing woman and such an excellent role model. Minerva is an award-winning broadcast journalist, former TV news anchor, talk show creator, executive producer, and partner of the syndicated Latina Voices, Smart Talk. She is also the author of her memoir, I Got a Story, My 30 Years in the TV Business, and is the owner and principal of Minerva Perez Media. Previous to Latina Voices, Minerva was known as a trendsetter and became the first Latina news anchor at KTRK-TV ABC 13 in Houston, Texas, where she spent over 15 and a half years. She was already a highly respected and experienced anchor reporter at the number one rated Peabody award-winning TV station, KTLA Channel 5 in Los Angeles. And that's where we met, right, Minerva? That's right. That was, that was a while ago, Brenda. <laughs> it sure was. Her reporting has led to two Golden Mike Awards, a CESAD Award, and a Los Angeles Press Club Award, and three California Emmy nominations, several AP Awards, and countless of accolades for community organizations, because you have really been in the community, you're committed to your community, and I highly respect you, Minerva. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you so much. It's been a long journey um, as a, a woman in news, especially a Latina in news, uh, in English you know, English language stations. Uh, and um, it's funny that, that uh, we met such a long time ago and we're still, we're still in touch, you and I. Now, you, you have interviewed presidents and Hollywood celebrities, Minerva. Can you share with our audience some of the top maybe three interviews that have stayed with you? Oh, my goodness. I would say that one of the top ones was talking to Gregory Peck, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, actor, director, uh, now deceased, when he was given the Lifetime Achievement Award by the American Film Institute, the AFI, which is a big deal in uh, in Hollywood. And, um, I mean, he was just such a, a legend of, of his own time, and he um, gave me an interview and was it was just the most gracious, elegant man uh, I've ever met, so he has stayed with me. Now, how, how, did, uh, you next, get the, how did you get that interview? Because he well, is a legend. Was working, he was a legend. Yeah, I know. I know, right? And, and I was the lucky one that got that, that uh, picked the, the right straw, I guess, uh, at KPLA that day. Uh, and I was available as a reporter to get out to the Beverly Hilton Hotel. And um, yeah, I was just dispatched there by, by the news desk. And and was told go get a bite with uh, Gregory Peck. He was named wow. the uh, 
Lifetime Achievement Award winner this year, and I can't remember what year it was, but it's in my book in case anybody wants to read. My book is called uh, I Got a Story, My 30 Years in TV News, and it, it kind of tells you, you know, where I've been, and, and uh, it, it, it's, it's a memoir, and it's, uh, it's also a, um, hopefully a primer for younger people who want to do what I did for so many years, and that's, you know, the news business, which has changed dramatically since I was there. Um, but it tells you stories of everybody I've met. I'd say another big uh, interview that I had that, that stayed with me was Rodney King. Mm. Um, uh, I think you and I were both working at uh, KTLA when this happened, and as you know, KTLA was the first station in the country to air that infamous video of Rodney King being beaten uh, savagely. And uh, I, myself, and, and Larry McCormick, who was my co-anchor, a dear man that I looked up to, uh, and Tony Fote, the editor, uh, were the first people in the world to see that video in the edit wow. bay that night. And we had no idea what we were looking at, and we were so flabbergasted by it. Um, we did not air it that night. We were, frankly, uh, we feared you know, um, maybe some problems if we aired it that night. And so it didn't air till the next day when um, Stan Chambers, a legendary reporter, a former colleague of mine, uh, went and had it vetted by LAPD. And it was, it was an amazing, amazing interview that I got right after he was jailed and he was walking out of Parker Center at the time the LAPD was called Parker Center, the building was, and um, and he walked out and, and talked to me, and we got a, a, an interview with him, and he was beaten up, and he was cleaned up, but he was, you could tell that he had been beaten badly, and uh, he was just a, a, a poor guy trying to get out of there, trying to get out of jail, trying to get home, and it was just a real sad situation what happened with him, and of course now he has... Uh, passed away, but that was a long time ago. That was 91, I believe. Yeah, 91. So uh, I'd say that interview has stayed with me through through the years. And um, I got to talk to Gloria Steinem. Mm. Gloria Steinem, the mother of the women's movement back in the 70s and 80s. She is now in her 80s. And I got to interview her, and it was just amazing to hear this woman still in her 80s being the activist for women's rights and being uh, the spokeswoman for women standing up for themselves. She she was an amazing interview. But I also have to to say one more who kind of is on the same plane, and that is um, Sonia Sotomayor, who is the Supreme Court Justice, the first Latina uh, on the Supreme Court. Um, uh, An amazing interview, an amazing story in her own right. And uh, look where she is now um, in one of the most powerful seats in office. Now, did you interview her before she took office or? No, it was a couple of years after. And, um, and actually, she, she, was, it's not, she didn't run for the office. I shouldn't have said office I should, for that seat. Uh, she was appointed, as you know, by the president. Uh, and uh, so, so, I mean, I, I've just had some amazing uh, people that have come through in and out of my life uh, just because of the nature of my job, which being, which was being a news reporter, a news gatherer uh, for so many years, not just in Los Angeles, but here in Houston for the last uh, 
well, 16 years with ABC 13, which was the ABC O&O here in Houston. And um, I've worked in Phoenix. I've worked in San Antonio. I've worked in um, Dallas. Uh, I've worked all over the Southwest, you know, doing what I do, and that is uh, news gathering. So let's dive into your book. I got a story, okay. my 30 years in TV news. First of all, what made you write this book? Well, I just, um, I retired uh, from the news business about 10 years ago. And right then and there, when I walked away from it, I decided that people need to know what it's really like. Because everywhere I go, especially schools and universities, I do a lot of speaking, even before the book, but even more so now. Um, we're always asking me the same questions. What's it like? What's it like? Is it glamorous? Um, are you a celebrity? How much money do you make? Everybody was asking me the same questions, right? right. And, uh, and I thought it'd be a good way to teach people um, what it's really like in the trenches. And it's not fun sometimes. And sometimes it's not glamorous at all. And, um, you know, you're, you're knee-deep in water, or you're talking about a hurricane coming this way today. I'm so glad I'm not news-gathering anymore, because I've been knee-deep in water after major storms. I have covered hurricanes, um, and many hurricanes, and earthquakes when I was in L.A., uh, but um, they need to know what it's really like in there. I, I remember standing in knee-deep water during one of the big floods here in Houston after a storm, and, and there's snakes swirling around you and ants crawling up your boots and and it's hot and you can't go to the bathroom. I mean, just the simple thing of relieving yourself is hard to do when you're out there covering storms and covering, you know, police stakeouts. And um, you, you just are so um, vulnerable to so many elements. And I'm talking weather elements and, and people elements. And, and all kinds of things can happen. And you have very little control sometimes. And I wanted to write that book so that students, especially young students who are so um, enamored by my business or my, my, you know, the business I, I led for so many years, um, they have to know that it's tough out there and not everything goes right and not everything looks good. You may look good when you hit the, when you hit the air because you have to because 50% of it is visuals uh, in television broadcasting, but it's not always nice, and you don't always feel like doing it because you're so tired and it's so hot, or people are yelling and screaming at you while you're live on the air. Um, they just have to know what it's really like because, because I think uh, very uh, young people uh, think it's it's just a, a wonderful dream job, and no, it's not. <laughs> you pay very big dues to get there. So just like the name of the show, straight up when you're talking mm -hmm. out in the country, especially to your young people, you're talking straight up. Yes, I am. And, and my book is trying to be straight up, actually, uh, now, that, now that I think about it. I'm, I'm trying to be straight up with the people who thought they knew me and didn't know what I was going through getting just my job done. Uh, I mean, there, there were instances where I faced um, egregious discrimination, just because of the, uh, just because of my last name and who I am, and I'm Latina, and was very proud of the fact that my name is Perez, and um, I I took some heat for that, and some of it happened in North Angeles. I used to get hate mail. Um, the first uh, piece of hate mail that I ever got in my career was in Los Angeles, and this was the late '80s, 
early 90s when this was happening. And it was hard. It, it really, I mean, you do take it personally sometimes. Well, of and, course. Uh, yeah, just because of the way I said my name, I was too Latina for some people. And I got letters to that effect. And I got, uh, I got letters to the effect that I should go back to Mexico uh, and, and that I was too Latina and that the way I said my name was not correct. And, and because it wasn't anglicized, I, I said it the way it's supposed to be said. And for that, I took, uh, I took um, some, some arrows. If you will, wow. and I uh, and it was and I remember I remember uh, you're in Los Angeles and the Hollywood Freeway and and I was on my way home on the Hollywood Freeway one night in tears because of the the, the heat that I used to get about who I was and how I said my name. My name became an albatross for for my career because I uh, my name is Minerva Perez and Minerva Perez is how I pronounce it and. And always pronounced it. That's the name my mother, my grandmother gave me. And, and uh, it means something to me. It's my heritage. It's who I am. And there were people who um, were resistant to that, including coworkers, by the way, uh, all through my career. Yeah, I remember that. Was, you know, I remember yeah. that, Minerva. I think they yeah, wanted yeah, you I to took, pronounce it Perez or yes, something. Yeah, like, yeah, Perez. Um, they wanted me to call, say my name Perez. And, and I just refused. Uh, because, Brenda, you've got to know that I come from an area of South Texas, deep South Texas, on the edge of Mexico, where I grew up, where I was born. Um, and uh, where I come from, the Rio Grande Valley, is is about 90% at the time where I was there, it was about 99% Latino, you know. And uh, there's no way that I could uh, get on television and call myself Perez in that part of the country. and 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 it was my name. I just didn't see the the need to change my name, and uh, and to tell you the truth, it works both ways, um, because uh, because more people remember me uh, because of the way I say my name and to this day. So it became an identifying factor, a yeah. real identifying factor, just because of the way I said. Well, I'm glad that you did that, Minerva. Um, you're such a role model because there's a lot of people that got into the industry and. Hollywood, and you know they changed their names. I'm I really really admire you for that because that was a tough. Well, time. you know, and it's it's so funny because because people are telling me to go back to Mexico. I'm a fifth generation <laughs> Texan on one uh, side of my family, fourth generation <laughs> on the other. You know, the border crossed us. And, you know, that sounds like a cliche, but really, the border crossed us, and I lived on the border, and my people were there first. And, That's right. Um, you know, before Stephen F. Austin and the the heroes of Texas were there. And and so, so I find it very funny that they're telling me to go back to Mexico when actually we lived in Mexico at the time, and uh, then the United States took over. <laughs> now, uh, and we, and it's it's just very funny, and I just ignore it by now. Now we talked about discrimination, you know, racism. Have you ever experienced sexism? Oh yes, oh yes. Um, uh, it it dots my career uh, in one fashion or another, um, and and I'll tell you one story that I'm writing about in my next book. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, one um, colleague that I had known for years, who I, th- I thought I knew, uh, I was in the newsroom one day, and and he just walked up and kissed me in the mouth. Wow. He just walked up and kissed me in the mouth. And this is in front and of everybody was, in the newsroom. And, and there were two, yeah, there were two other coworkers with me. 
And we were there uh, just standing around having coffee, pouring coffee in, in the little area where we had the coffee pot. And, um, and this coworker uh, just walks up and kisses me. I was married. He was married. My two coworkers who watched this, who witnessed this, w- w- you know, their mouths dropped. My mouth dropped because I didn't know what to say. Wow. I did not know what to say. And you know what he told me? He told me, well, look at you, like it was my fault that I, I don't know, looked good that day or was wearing the right clothes that day. And that's what he told me. And uh, I, I'm writing about it in my next book because, yes, there was sexism. Uh, I, I was so scared because I didn't know what to do. I didn't, should I tell my husband? Should I tell my news director? What should I do? And, and I didn't do anything at the time, okay? But I am writing about it, and uh, I, I, I think people should know that, yeah, we go through this. And, and you know, with what happened with uh, Gretchen Carlson and now Megyn Kelly, and they've both written about and obviously complained about sexism um, and how they were treated in the newsroom, you know, that brought back this story that I had yes. just filed away because this happened years ago. Years ago, yeah, and uh, and the, those two stories that have become so public recently with these two women who, who worked at Fox News uh, really brought brought it back to me. So I started writing it down. Good for and you. I'm, I'm sure I'm it's brought it a lot book. of emotions and you know mm-hmm. memories of what took mm-hmm. place and the way you felt felt yeah, at and, that and, time. And, and 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 a little bit of why didn't I do this or why didn't why didn't I react this way and why mm-hmm. didn't I talk to. Uh, HR immediately, or you know what I'm saying? Yes. You doubt yourself and you second-guess yourself when things like that happen because it was so out of the blue. Uh, I respected this this man. I thought he respected me, and we worked together, not side by side, but but he he helped me with stories, and and I, you know, we worked, we we collaborated uh, with editing and and putting stories together and that kind of thing. And I thought I knew this man, and I was just so shocked that this happened. Um, and, and there were other instances throughout the, the, the years in news and, and in my career. Um, I, was, um, I was almost raped oh, no. on one of my stories in Cuba. And I write about it in my book because uh, I, I put it away for years and years and years. And I, and I had to be honest about what happened to me along the way, covering Fidel Castro and covering this story that I had to do in Havana when I was very young. And uh, people need to know how, how vulnerable we are. Yes. And the risks that we take just to do our jobs. You yes. know, we put our lives on the line, really, to cover news. And young people need to know this. And that's why I wrote it. Um, you know, I, I have experienced sexism, too, throughout my years. And mm-hmm. it's no fun. It, takes, it really takes a lot to find the strength to speak up because yeah. everything's yeah. against you. And yeah. you also think, how is it going to affect me in my career? And I got to tell yeah. you, the younger you are, the harder it is because you're not, yeah. you know, as wise and you don't have right. as much confidence and you're trying to, you know, um, you're starting your career. You want a yeah. great reputation. So, right. you know, the right. sexist pig that got you in the newsroom, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and shame on the Two witnesses, even if you, yeah. you know, they should have went to, I know that happened to me. I definitely 
would have spoken to the person or reported it to HR or something. I didn't know what to do. I was so shocked. Yeah. And I walked out of that newsroom that day, and I just went home. And I contemplated telling my husband about it, and he didn't, he didn't know about this until now and uh, because I'm writing about it. And um, So this will be in your new questions? book? Yeah, this will be in my new book, okay. uh, and I'm calling it More Stories. So everybody... Uh, you know, stay online with me, and, and you can you can go to MinervaBettisMedia.com and buy my book there. It's also on Amazon, and uh, and you'll hear about my my next book that I'm going to be calling More Stories because there are more stories that I didn't remember uh, that I you know that people have have brought them up. You know, old colleagues that oh, remember this story when we went to Mexico to cover Cholula outside of Mexico City outside outside of Puebla when we covered. The, the story about the uh, so many churches in this tiny little town of Cholula near Puebla, Mexico. Uh, there's like a church built on every corner of this little place, right? It's like 365 churches for every day of the year. I mean, and, and, you know, people are reminding me of stories, like amazing stories that I've done and uh, amazing things that have happened. Um, and so I, I thought, you know, I'm going to write it down. And, in fact, I just talked to John Quinones of ABC News, um, of ABC Network, because yes. I don't think he's doing news anymore. He's doing What Would You Do, his, that show called What Would You Do. And he and I covered the, uh, the, the gun turret explosion off a, off a Navy ship in Puerto Rico, you know, like in the late 80s. I was at KTLA, but I was in Puerto Rico for a conference. Yes, and um, and uh, there was a big explosion. Like forty-seven sailors were killed of this explosion on the ship, and we had to drop everything at the conference and run over to Roosevelt Roads uh, Naval Base and um, and cover the story. And we were side by side covering. He was going live to to the network to ABC News, and I was um, doing a look live for KTLA and had to put it on. Um, on a on a plane, basically, get the story back to them. Uh, but it was uh, a huge story, and I was reminded of it because I saw John, and he he has already sent me, you know, what he recollected of, about what we did and covering this major story. And so there's all kinds of stories that I just forgot. Yes. Um, that through the years, I mean, 30 years doing the same thing, you forget. They all kind of blend in together, and you forget uh, details sometimes. So... I'm talking to colleagues all over the country that I used to work with Great. Um, who are reminding me of things. Yeah. Now, Minerva, so I know that you mentioned in your book the National Hispanic Media Coalition. Tell me why you did, I did. that. Because the Hispanic Media Coalition helped me uh, at uh, some of my toughest times uh, when I was in Los Angeles. Um, and they kind of supported me and, and uh, noticed that I was going through uh, major problems with my name and how I was pronouncing it and the backlash that I was getting from it. Uh, and I, I've got to say that uh, Alex Nogales has always been a, a, a friend to me, and uh, the, the Hispanic Coalition has always been a friend to me. And uh, I think we're even mentioned in a book at some point, some book, I'm not sure which one, uh, about my name and, and what I went through. And... So, so um, the Hispanic uh, Media Coalition has always been there for me. Yes, um, through my toughest times. Yeah, and I want to um, everyone to remember that Esther Renteria 
was also head of the National Hispanic Media Coalition, and you know she yeah. thought very highly of you and was also looking out for you along with Alex she Nogales, was. who are pre yes. president and CEO right currently of the National Hispanic mm -hmm. Media Coalition. Um, yeah. Let's move on. With Trump and the administration spilling out hate speech and the domestic terrorism that's going on here in our country, um, do you believe that racism and sexism is at an all-time high, and if you were, let's just say, Minerva, you were president. Now, let me go back, though. I want to make sure that people remember that Trump, prior to being president, said, quote, grab him by the pussy. You can do anything. And the American people still voted him in. So do you think that racism and sexism is at its all-time high? Well, uh, obviously, what he has said um, time and time again, wh whether it's about women, whether it's about Latinos, whether it's about Muslims, um, whether recently uh, with the KKK and the neo-Nazis and what happened in Charlottesville, uh, what he says speaks for itself, Okay. Uh, but I do believe that I have never seen, because I still, even though I'm not gathering news anymore, I'm doing a talk show, uh, I do talk about these topics on my talk show. So I, I do stay tuned to what is happening um, at the national level and what is happening with the Trump administration. And uh, obviously what has been said by Trump and his associates making excuses for him uh, is, causing uh, main, many problems uh, in our culture, in our communities, and, and with women. But, you know, you say that, that uh, people still voted him in. Let's remember that he didn't win the popular vote. Three million people, more people, voted for Hillary. Yeah, he sure didn't. Uh, and and I think he's the, uh, right now in popularity, he's the worst of any president yeah. of the United States right now. Yeah, I yeah, recently that, saw that. an interview, Minerva, on Univision, and it was in English, mm -hmm. though, and they had Christopher Barker, a leader of the Ku Klux Klan's Loyal White Knights, during an interview with Univision's late-night news anchor, Ligia Calderon, for the show mm -hmm. Here and Now. I don't know if you saw that, but Barker actually stated, quote, we killed 6 million Jews, 11 million, and he's referring to the undocumented immigrants we killed 6 million Jews, 11 million is nothing. Now, this didn't happen somewhere in a foreign country. This was not ISIS. That is happening right here in the United States of America. In your, your opinion, Minerva, what should be done? Oh, my gosh. Um, I think the rhetoric needs to stop. I think uh, what uh, Trump has said uh, on many levels is giving license to the alt-right, uh, giving license to this, uh, this uh, sexism or the attitude of, of uh, mistreating women. Uh, I think that is, you know, what he is saying is almost giving license for people who believe in him and believe what he says and agree with, these, uh, with his statements about all these minorities and women. Uh, and that's why they're acting on it. Well, there's a and lot that's of... Why, and, I, and our culture is being hurt by this at this point. Of course. And until, the, and until 
uh, Congress stands up to, to Trump, and the people stand up to, to Trump, just like they did during Watergate. Nixon was removed or was going to be removed from office, but he resigned instead to save face. But it was the people who rose up and said enough is enough. And until the people of this country rise up again and say we have had enough of this, of this talk, of this rhetoric that's running rampant, and, and, and to blame the media for all of this is, is, I can't believe that he's blaming the media for all of his woes, <laughs> when actually it's what he is saying that the media has to cover. We are the eyes and ears of the public. Well, we have a, amendment rights to, to, to free press and to cover uh, what is wrong and fraud and bad things in government. And for him to blame the media is just, uh, it's amazing to me to, to watch this happening and watch all of this uh, unfold as it is right now. Well, listeners, our program is coming to an end. Thank you, Manera Perez, for talking straight up with us today. You have been listening to the National Hispanic Media Coalition's public affairs show, Straight Up, on KHBGLP Radio 101.5 FM, the station that gives the mic back to the people, your mic, your voice, your community. You can listen to Straight Up anytime from anywhere by visiting our website, www.nhmc.org, or you can also find us our podcast on SoundCloud. I am Brenda Castillo-Nogales signing off. Remember, stay woke, get involved, resist, take action. 